We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Podcast, sponsored by No Halftime, the newest way to create daily fantasy challenges for one-on-one matchups. Download it today at nohalftime.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we cover the Saturday NBA DFS slate and break down the Thursday GPP ownership percentages for NFL. So we got the double duty, Benny, here. We're covering uh, football and NBA today. Are you ready? Oh, I'm always ready. All right, let's do this. So don't forget, you can always check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Don't forget, you can always uh, subscribe to the RotoWire DFS podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to review us, please go ahead and do so. And don't forget to share and subscribe. All right, so being that we're pulling double duty here, Benny, we're going to dive right in. I'm going to try to leave the clown business down to a minimum if it's possible. It's probably not possible, but I'm going to try. <laughs> and uh yeah and uh we'll start on the nfl side here let's dig into some of these ownership percentages and we can start right off the top here at the quarterback position uh so we, your takeaways uh in terms of top cash and gpp plays knowing what we know um uh, with this report all right well first thing is um before we start mentioning any of the ownership numbers i want everyone to realize that tom brady was 20 percent owned last night mm-hmm. so all these numbers that we see here are going to be going up a little because you're going to have uh you know, basically another one-fifth of the pool that's going to have to pick a different quarterback for tomorrow. Right. And that's kind of the reason why, if you look at the list, there's really nobody who's over 10%, except for Phillip Rivers, who is 10.2% owned. 
I figure that'll probably climb to the 17, 18% range. And it makes perfect sense to me. And I understand it. And I don't think that's even too high of an ownership for him because he basically goes up against the second worst passing defense or the, I should say it this way, the defense that gives up the second most fantasy points to the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy who's been throwing. He's listened to these stats in the last four games. He hasn't had less than 330 yards passing or two touchdowns. So you're basically looking at a guy who in the last month has a floor of, you know, 12 points, 15 on, uh, you know, 12 points on FanDuel, 15 on DraftKings plus eight for the touchdown. So he's got a 20 point floor over on FanDuel and a 23 point floor over on DraftKings. And that doesn't even include the fact that he's thrown for 500 yards one game and three touchdowns in two or three other games. So, you know, this is a guy who I definitely think I'm going to be using. I have him in a lot of my Thursday lock cash lineups already. Um, definitely think he's a great cash game play this weekend. You could also use him in GPPs. Just realize he's going to be pretty highly owned. Um, very likely the highest owned quarterback on the day. Okay. Now the – go ahead. No, so well, the only thing I was going to say is that um, given the fact that they've struggled in the run game too, and I think I've mentioned this over and over, it really is like one of the few teams that's like full on run and shoot right now. Mm-hmm. So um, it may be uh, they may get a little bit of a ding, a little bit without Antonio Gates, but all that means is that you you, uh, you just lose your 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 favorite stack and sort of have to swerve to Keenan Allen if you're going hookup style. Uh, with Rivers in the GBP, I think he actually just makes the most sense for cash, personally. That's that's all I wanted mm-hmm. to say. Please continue. Yeah, and then um, the other two guys who are pretty highly owned, uh, they were both 8% on the Thursday lock tournaments, are Andy Dalton going up against uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defense that's been struggling with the pass, very good against the run. So you got to figure that, you know, Cincinnati's going to have a pretty pass-heavy game plan. And these two teams tend to get into a lot of shootouts. Um A.J. Green has been a guy who's had some big games against Pittsburgh in his past. So I think that Andy Dalton makes some sense. Uh, Cam Newton, who we who we kind of talk about all the time. And again, I just want to mention with Cam Newton, um, you don't really need to stack him with anybody. You can kind of leave him by himself there. Because what Cam does to get his fantasy points is he throws for about 200 yards a game, which is a little bit less than a lot of the other guys that we're going to mention here. But with his legs, he's been getting about 50 yards a game. And with rushing yards being worth ten, uh, you know, one point per ten yards, and passing yards being worth twenty-five, uh, one point per twenty-five yards, the fifty yards that he gets with his legs is the equivalent to one of these guys throwing for one hundred twenty-five yards. So you can really look at the two hundred yards passing he gets, um, and compare it to some of these other guys who don't get those rushing yards that are throwing for about three twenty-five, and he's still accounting for at least two touchdowns a game, and. He has four touchdowns, I think, rushing. Three or four touchdowns rushing this year. And remember, you get an extra two points for a rushing touchdown than you do over a passing touchdown. So even though Cam's numbers don't look as good as some of these other guys at first glance, when you apply the, you know, daily fantasy filters to him, uh, you see that the amount of fantasy points he's coming up with is equivalent to some of these guys who you feel like are throwing for more yards and a few more touchdowns. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. So... Um, I'm gonna, I'll quickly run down my top five, and you tell me if you have it differently. Okay, uh, I got Phil Rivers, Andy Dalton, um, Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, Carson Palmer, and Matt Ryan. Uh, in those, so I guess that's six. So I just want to throw, throw in a bonus yep. one for you. Do you, do you have the a, a similar group, or do you have a different order? 
I, I have a, a similar group. My order's a little different. And the one thing I want to mention here, too, is uh, and we had talked about it before the show. Ben Roethlisberger was only 2% owned in these Thursday lock games. Right. Now, it looks like he's definitely going to be playing this weekend. So if you can get Ben Roethlisberger at 2% owned, I think that he's going to be a great GPP play this weekend. He is somebody that I'm going to have in a lot of my rosters and somebody that I'm looking for a big game out of this weekend. Um, like I said, whenever the Pittsburgh and Cincinnati hook up together, you usually get a you know pretty good shootout in that case. And I think Roethlisberger is somebody that has a ton of upside. Yeah, I, I think your kids agree with you as well. So. Yeah, they're, uh, they actually got home from school there in the background right now. Sorry about well, that. No, it's fine. Hey, I, I want to know if, what your son thinks about Ben Roethlisberger as well. Cause if it's going to be two Richardies, uh, you know, co-signing Big Ben, then that's going to be enough for me for, to be a top, top GPP option. Maybe even a top, um, cash game option. Well, well one thing I, I, I go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I've actually brainwashed them into knowing that the only NFL team is the Jets. So he, he's basically only going to tell you Fitz Magic right oh, now. Oh, wow. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Fine. Um, one thing I will say, that just for my personal own GPP and cash game lineup constructions, is it doesn't really matter too much how much I rank this. Um, because what I will do is just take a share of every one of these guys and put them in uh, uh, a different lineup. And, um, and I'll just... I'll have like a, a top GPP play, and so when I you know play the other sites, and instead of firing all the the million maker lineups and you know the million dollar contest on on Fanduel and stuff like that, or Sunday Million, whatever they call it, um, I'll have my preference, you know. So, uh, and yeah, in this case, it'll be Philip Rivers for cash, and then probably based on price, it will probably actually be, um, you know. Roethlisberger or slash Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton has been so so monster monster mm-hmm. monstrously consistent. So those would be my two options. But really, the, the ranking doesn't matter too much because I'll, I feel confident enough about those guys to all have shares um, with the you know appropriate hookups in in GPPs. So I'll have Carson Palmer with Fitz, Cam Newton. I don't necessarily have to pair with Olsen, but that's probably the best option if you want to go hook up Dalton, AJ Green, Rivers, and Keenan Allen, and etc. And um, b- by the way, I. I I have no problem with anybody who wants to go Bryant and Antonio Brown or one or the other. I, it probably actually makes sense to to split two two different lineups if you feel comfortable enough about it and you have the role to do so. Um, so you know you can open yourself up to some different options if one has a bigger game than the other. So well, have, knowing what we know, Big Ben is probably going to get twenty targets as far as to Antonio Brown to try to help him catch up since he's mm-hmm. been so far behind this season. There is a potential yeah. rust factor as well with Ben Roethlisberger. Are you concerned about that at all? No, not at all. I have a lot of Ben and Antonio to, uh, you know, on the rosters that I've started making already today. I think that people are down on Antonio Brown and his, you know, his, basically Lack his ownership production. is too low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, you got to remember him and Ben Roethlisberger. Think about the first two weeks of the season. Think about the numbers these guys put up last year. If you could put those two guys together in a roster and they do anything near what they did in the past, I mean, they're going to have just absolutely huge numbers and they're going to do it with people not on them and then next week after they do it this week everybody's going to be on them again right. and they're both going to be 20 percent owned so, so here's your chance to get get one week ahead of everybody else because the ownership percentage is pretty low is what you're saying yeah and okay. then um one other guy i just wanted to mention uh who, who we talked about before the show uh with arian foster hurt i also really like brian hoyer here um, you got to figure that Houston is going to have to go back to the pass-heavy game plan we saw them with earlier in the year. 
Houston is actually the one team who's thrown more passes so far this year than San Diego has. So with Hoyer in there, if he throws, you know, 40 or 50 passes just like Rivers does at a much cheaper price, um, definitely a good idea, in my opinion, to roll some Brian Hoyer out there. Um, You know, guys like Nate Washington and Hopkins make for – you know, good handcuffs to use with him. And I think there's going to be a lot of upside in that stack as well. I like it. I think it makes a ton of sense and I will be doing the same. The, um, the last thing I want to say too, do you have Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown in season long at all anywhere? Um, I don't this year. I had both of them last year mm-hmm. and I actually tried. Somebody dropped Roethlisberger in my league Whoa. when he got hurt. Whoa. And, um, it's, it's a fab league. So like I put in like a $25 bid for him. I think some, it's a hundred dollars we get in the fab there. Mm-hmm. I think somebody put in like a $70 bid for him. Wow. So he got snatched up. I wasn't about to pay that much for him, right. but yeah, I would have liked to have added him in because Sam Bradford is on my team. So. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to say, like, you know, I you see, this is what I'm telling you. There's no way if I can just keep the clown business to an absolute minimum. Um, uh, but I would totally go with, like, if you had that hookup in season long, I'd change my team name to, like, um, Bantonio Benderis. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that work? That works pretty good, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It might be a few too many letters for, uh, depending on where you play. I know on Yahoo that right. you can't put yeah, you, stuff in there. Right. But, you got to, yeah. like, just do it no spaces. You know, yeah, okay, there you go. And then take out like a vowel at the end or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Moving along. Let's go ahead and get into the wide receiver or sorry, running back position here. Um, all the girly all the time. The 40, yeah. 40.2%. That's heavy. That just means, yeah. uh, Ixnay on the EPPJ, I guess, uh, for Todd Gurley. Uh, Devontae Freeman at 17.1, Forsett 16.3, CJ2K 16.2, um, Danny Woodhead. A little surprising to me at 11.4, and then we sort of talked about this um, in the uh, in the Ghost Show, and uh, 10% owned for Doug Martin and everybody else uh, down below there. And then Louis Vuitton Bell, uh, who I actually like a lot um, for in the same situation to 5% owned. It's a, he's pricey, but he's not um, – but he, now he becomes – I think um, cash and GPP eligible because um, – which is not, normally he's like almost uh, a guy that you very struggle struggle mightily to use in GPPs because the ownership percentage is so high. And now it's you know all the girly all the time. So how are you approaching uh, this for your top options? Yeah, I mean, you know, I like Gurley a lot this week too, but at 40% ownership, he's going to be the guy, and he already is the guy on my Thursday Locked FanDuel cash games. Um, He's going to be a guy that makes my cash team this weekend. I do think it's a good matchup for him, but at 40%, I don't know how much I can put him in or on GPP teams because you basically would need to use him. If you want to have more than him than the field, you're going to need him on more than half your team's. And I don't know if I want to do that. I think I, I think there's more upside trying to find another way. Uh, Devonta Freeman is now the most expensive running back on FanDuel, and he's about 100 or $200 away from Le'Veon Bell. So you can see that a lot of those people that used to make Le'Veon Bell a 20 25% owned guy mm-hmm. um, have decided Devonta Freeman was the way they wanted to go this week with that. So Freeman isn't a good matchup. He does have a, you know, he's at home. He's favored. He, you know, basically has been a stud. Like, people are talking about the horrible game he had last week. He ran for 112 yards and, you know, had like another 30 through the air. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams that wish they had a running back who had games that horrible. Uh, the only thing is that he didn't get into the end zone. So instead of scoring his usual, you know, 35 to 40 fantasy points that he'd been putting up lately, he only wound up with about 20. 
And, uh, you know, people are basically down on him now because he didn't get into the end zone. But I think he does bounce back this this week. He is expensive, tough to fit in there. A uh, guy that I like is Justin Forsett. Uh, there's two cheap guys that I think people are deciding between. It's uh, Forsett, who's in a good matchup against the San Diego run defense that has been putrid. So he should be seeing a lot of the ball. They're favored in that game. They should be feeding him. Uh, he should be in a good spot there. The other guy is Chris Johnson, CJ2K, going up against the Cleveland Browns, who have given up a ton of yards on the ground this year. Uh, it's basically the way you want to attack the, the Browns is, uh, you know, with the running back. So I understand why people are looking at him. I just don't like him as much as Forsett. <laughs> then to answer your Woodhead question about why his ownership was so high, his price was only 5900 on uh, FanDuel. It's actually incredibly cheap on DraftKings, too. I think he's about 4500 And again, if people think Rivers is going to throw the ball 40, 50 times, Woodhead's the guy that's in there when Rivers is throwing the ball. I think a lot of that ownership has to do with the fact that people are remembering that drive last week where he basically had about 20 fantasy points on one drive. You know, he caught like four or five passes on that last drive for 40 or 50 yards, got the bonus on DraftKings, got himself into the end zone. I mean, just a monster, you know, salvaging of a, you know, what would have been a pretty, a pretty bad game for him until he went off and did all that. And I think that that's fresh in people's minds, so you're getting a little bit of recency bias. Yeah, I think it's actually a mistake, personally, for, because now that you have uh, Melvin Gordon, who um, you know did get benched for the fumbles, so there was one issue, and was actually injured. So this is where you saw like Brandon Oliver, and I think actually Brandon Oliver would have made a would make more sense for me personally. Um, because he got carries and was a factor in the backfield like Woodhead, not as much of a factor as Woodhead, but you get double duty there. Plus, I think Oliver would be the goal line guy. But all this stuff has to happen only if Melvin Gordon gets back in the mix if he, uh, or sits out. If Melvin Gordon gets back in the mix, then I don't like any of the running backs. I think it's just too much um, – uh, it's a three-headed monster situation. You don't like anybody except the past – catching guy some i but i don't like him at i don't think he should be 11 percent owned personally like that's that's borderline um i mean that's making him a top top gpp option i just and i understand that baltimore's bad and, and what the situation is i just think that you can find running backs with similar up with better upside with a uh better shot at more touches is what, mm-hmm. does that make sense to you yeah no i mean i completely agree if if i'm able to get woodhead in a good matchup like this at like four percent Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I take that plunge, but at 11%, I feel like he's being used as much, if not more than he should be. And there's not a lot of upside differentiation and, you know, kind of game theory argument with it. So I don't know how much exposure I'll have to him. Again, the one reason why I would have a little bit of him is because of price. He does help you fit some stuff in, sure. uh, being that he's below 6k. But there are two guys that I want to mention who are only about 5 or 6% owned that I will be using and uh, kind of get your ideas on them. And that's uh, Chris Ivory from my New York Jets okay. who are on the road, but they are favored against Oakland. And then the other guy who I know you're you're already on. But I like Le'Veon Bell a lot this week, um, mostly because he's very low owned and also because with Ben back, he's going to be a bigger part of the passing game, which is the part of his fantasy score that had kind of been missing in recent weeks. He hadn't been catching a lot of balls out of the backfields, but we've seen him have games where he rushes for 100 and catches six or seven balls out of the backfield with Ben as his quarterback and racks up like another 60 yards that way and then gets a touchdown, you know, whether it's through the air or on the ground. And, you know, that's how we used to see him getting scores up in like the 30 to 35 point range. And I think we can kind of look for that again this week, uh, you know, with Ben being back. 
I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there as well. Le'Veon Bell, I will pay up for, especially at the 5% ownership percentage. And you know that he's a, he's a top selling guy. Marshawn Lynch for 7,100 against Dallas. I, that, I'm, I'm in there provided he, um, you know, clears any of the remaining injury issues. He was a little bit nicked up and, uh, I think showed up on the injury report, but he still listed as probable. I'm with you as Chris Ivory. I just wanted to see him get his full practice and, and sort of show, that he's not battling uh, any lingering issues with the the hammy injury, uh, hamstring injury because or was it a quad? Um, uh, looks like it was it was a hamstring. So it is a good matchup on the road uh, at Oakland, and they're missing a lot of uh, in, uh, players who are injured in their secondary uh, as well, which can help the passing and the running game for Chris Ivy. So I'm in charge. Kendrick West for 4,700. I'm fine with. I think that uh, he's sort of proved that he can be um, a guy who gets 20 plus cuts. 20 plus touches and is effective so that makes some sense uh for me also and then the last guy i, I want to uh, to um you know potentially me- mention on this list here um was oh we, we talked about chris johnson um your thoughts on whether or not you can trust jonathan stewart you know i've actually been kicking that around myself it is indie you know and people mm-hmm. have piled up points and they turn over the ball a ton so there's opportunity there for at 4100 on DraftKings. don't mind yeah, well it. that that's what I was going to say. Like, I, on FanDuel, I'm, I kind of shied away from him. But on DraftKings at 4,100, he's definitely in play. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, Carolina likes to run a lot. You know that teams have been trying to run the ball a ton against the uh, Colts and have had some success doing it. Yeah. So, you know, things kind of make sense there. My biggest fear with Stewart, um, and you'll probably agree with this because I feel like we've talked about this before, is that Cam Newton can vulture some of those touchdowns down at the goal line. He is the goal line vulture, not – yeah, and Tolbert to some extent too. But. Yeah, well, that's the thing is there are multiple guys who have vulture touchdowns from Jonathan Stewart, and if all he's going to do is run between the twenties, you know, I don't see him as a guy who like if Gurley doesn't get a touchdown, he's still putting up 150 yards recently for you, so you're okay. Right. Um, if Stewart doesn't get a touchdown though, you're probably getting six to eight points out of him. And, yeah, and you might be stuck with something like 65 yards and yeah, no catches. And that could and, kill you. Right, and that's yeah, that could be a, b- a bad situation overall. So uh, the one and the other guy that I wanted to mention make, made my Pro Football Focus article is Ronnie Hillman, another guy who you know had the bye week, so people are sort of not fresh in his mind with the t- you know the 20 touches for 111 yards that he had uh, against Cleveland. Much tougher matchup against Green Bay, but Green Bay is actually middle of the road uh, in the run game. We saw what Jamal Charles was able to do early in the season. That's the way that Peyton Manning needs to, and the Broncos need to attack uh, Green Bay, is on the ground and burn some clock, keep Aaron Rodgers off the field uh, because they're just not, you know, Peyton Manning, seven interceptions, uh, seven touchdowns, seven, inter- uh, ten interceptions. I think it's seven to ten, if I'm correct. So uh, that should tell you all you need to know about trusting those guys in the passing game and where the game sh- flow should be. So that's how my my personal take um, on what we're looking at here. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, switch positions from running back to uh, wide receivers. There, are you at all surprised that Stefan did 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 digs at twenty nine point five percent after the Thursday games? Can you dig it? <laughs> all right, um, I got to be honest with you guys. You, you're all crazy. Um, I like Diggs, but 30% ownership. What are, what are we doing here? You know, I mean, this is this is just a little bit out of out of line for me. Um, I don't I don't know if I'm going to use him in cash. I, I like this guy. Like I played him last week. I had him last week. But 30% ownership on Diggs is an easy fade for me in tournaments. That's just way too high for a guy who basically has Teddy Bridgewater as his quarterback, and I'm not feeling that all that much. Now, the one caveat I will say though is. 
if Adrian Peterson's out, then I think I do have to consider him a little more. There are some rumblings that AP might not play this week. Um, he was only 2% owned on the Thursday lock stuff as well. I actually thought this was a pretty good matchup for Peterson and would have liked him. Uh, but I can't take, I can't take Diggs at 30%. I just can't do it. I know he's a little bit cheap, but he is basically the high, well, he is the highest owned wide receiver here, but he's the highest owned by like a huge margin. Um, other than Julian Edelman, who played last night, the next highest owned guy who is somebody I love this week is Keenan Allen at 13%. Uh, you got like Steve Smith at 11, who doesn't make much sense to me. I do like Alshon Jeffries at 11%. His price is pretty nice. And then Julio Jones at 10%, which is another one that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Not because I don't like Julio, but because I kind of see this as more of a Devonta Freeman game. Mm. Um, so those are all the guys that are 10% or more owned. I am not going to be using digs in tournaments, although... You know, on DraftKings at 4,800, I, I think I might have to use him a little bit in some cash games, and I may let him sneak into a GPP roster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But of these high-owned guys, I think Keenan Allen is the one who I'm probably going to have the most exposure to. All right, fair enough. I think that's, that's very fair, and I have a, a similar setup. By the way, uh, Julio Jones likes to be referred to as who, who, Julio. Just, just so you know, especially if you're going to roster him. If you don't want to, if you're hating on him, then you can stick to the standard name. But just, just so you are, are knowing how it should be done proper, like, all right. So okay. Antonio Brown, uh, 8.9% in. I'm with Love you there. That. Love Carson that. the Fitz makes a lot of sense. You can get away with a 9% ownership. It'll probably go over 10 plus, but that's totally fine for GPPs. Uh, you know, standard stack option with Keenan Allen. I, I like that. And Stefan Diggs. To me, um, sure, cash game, 30%, he'll be over 30% is what this means. Um, and then another guy that's, that's sort of, that you, your boys here, Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker at 7.7% and 6.1% in a, a, like I said, uh, a matchup where I believe Nico Thorpe has a sprained ankle, Nate Allen is injured, and Charles Johnson is injured. Um, Charles Woodson is all injured. So that's a completely banged up secondary there, which means Fitzmagic, uh, you know, gets to stroke the beard. One more time mm-hmm. after. Uh, and, go ahead. Yeah, and let me let me throw a couple other guys in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, DeAndre Hopkins at seven point seven percent is an auto play for me. Yeah. He will be in every one of my GPP lineups. Mm-hmm. Remember, they lost Foster. We mentioned it before when we were talking about Hoyer. Uh, yeah, again, I mean, did people forget what this guy did? He had one subpar week. Mm-hmm. Um, every other week this season he's seen 15 targets he's putting up you know eight nine catches 100 something yards he's getting in the end zone uh so seven percent on hopkins to me is crazy and then there's a couple injury situations that have me on a couple of these other guys uh no vincent jackson to me makes mike evans like a you know somebody who should see a ton of targets right he's only seven percent owned i like him in my rosters uh john brown is very likely going to be out for arizona so Michael Floyd at 4,900 on FanDuel and 3,500 on DraftKings at 3% owned is somebody that I'm going to have some, uh, you know, take some flyers on. And then the one other guy that I think is kind of going overlooked because of his price that we haven't mentioned really is AJ Green, who's only at 7.5% as well. So I think there's a lot of lower owned wide receivers this week who I am going to be sprinkling in around my rosters. Uh, definitely Brown, definitely Hopkins, definitely Green, definitely Evans, definitely Marshall, uh, Nate Washington too at 6%, uh, Michael Floyd at 4%. I'm going to have shares of all these guys this weekend. Yeah, those make a ton of, ton of sense. And just to get to the flip side of that overall, Amari Cooper on Revis Island in shadow coverage is a straight up fade. 
for me. 3.8%, I think it should be 0.8%. Uh, in, in my mind personally. And I also don't really want any, any shares of Michael Crabtree. Uh, looks like these people are sort of like, oh, you know, they were supposed to, they were on the road last time, now they're at home, and, and you know, they were dogs to the Jets. I, I just don't want any part of it, personally. Kendall Wright at 3.4%. Much rather have either one of those shares um, in, uh, you know, in, uh, against Tennessee than uh, taking shots on Amari Cooper, who I th- Believe me, I love him. He's a monster. This is just not the week that, that I'm going to be jumping in. So just want to throw those couple disclaimers out there. All right, let's move on to tight end position here. Tyler Eifert, 18.5%. No surprise here um, as top, top tight end option for me with, you know, minus Gronk. You got Greg, Greg Olson at 12.2. Ladarius Green makes a lot of sense for me personally um, at 9%. The only thing I do that I worry about Ladarius Green with is that it's weird, but he's actually been more productive, if you can remember, if I think I am correct, with Antonio Gates in the lineup than he was when he had the job all to himself. Does that sound right to you? I'm I'm not like double checking all the stats here, but that's um, yeah. He he actually had a couple touchdowns with Gates in two tight end sets because again, when the two of them are out there together, mm-hmm. people are more worried about Gates. So he usually winds up with the lesser right. of the two linebackers or safeties on him, and that's a pretty good matchup because he is a good tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love him this weekend, especially on DraftKings at only three thousand dollars. Yeah, min price. You can, yeah, you can fit so many studs that you wouldn't be able to fit with a, you know, like a guy like Eifert, who's also in a very good spot. I mean, Eifert's playing a team that is the third worst against the, against the, or he's given up the third most fantasy points to tight ends. Mm-hmm. And again, they're very good against the run. So you got to think that the Bengals are going to have a throw happy game plan there. So I do think that Eifert is a good play for, for cash if you can fit him in there, but on DraftKings, I actually have Eifert on my FanDuel rosters, but on DraftKings where, you know, Ladarius is only 3,000, I mean, that's, that's just a gift. You know, you just, you, you just say thank you and you take it. Did you say Bengals or did you say Bangles? Cause it sounded like you were talking about like the 80s girl band for, for a second there. I just want to clear. Yeah. I, you know what? I mean, I'm from, I'm from Jersey. We speak, we speak weird. You know, people say that to us all the time. You got a problem I was, with that or what? I, I, was, <laughs> I was like, well, do, all right, well, don't, don't put me in the river. I just want to know which, if we're talking about the girl band or not. That's all. That's, yeah. Don't ask me to say ERs either because they, they all come out like an A, like salt and pepper. You know, it's, it's not peppers. It's salt and pepper. That's, that's cool. That's, I'm down with that, man. It's all good. I just, you know, if we don't want to talk, uh, girl bands, we can, we can set aside the last, you know, we'll set aside the Rotowire. DFS girl band podcast and we'll get into it. No problem. Yeah, all, right. all the Taylor Swift. <laughs> there you go. Okay, uh, so Eifert is is a, is a decent option to me. I want I, I probably want more shares of Green, and I'm not fading Barnage. I don't care that it's Arizona, and I know they've been stout. But Josh McCown has been announced as a starter. I don't know if anybody has caught that or if you caught that with the uh, mm-hmm. uh, earlier early morning news. So that's great news for Barnage. We know that they are, um, you know, kindred spirits on offense. So those are going to be some of my top options as well. You can make a case for Delaney Walker. The rest of the guys, I don't want any real exposure to unless Antonio Gates somehow ends up, you know. I I actually do have one. I do have one flyer I want to mention. Um, Yes, exactly. Austin Safarian Jenkins is back this week for Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay is without Vincent Jackson. Yes. That I so, I wish I would have mentioned that earlier. So we're yeah. we're lockstep on that one. So mm-hmm. th- th- not too many. I'm not going to have too many different combinations of tight end lineups. But the ones that I want to like, you know, roll some extra home run GPP plays. Safarian Jenkins will be um, somebody I have some shares in. 
Okay. Yep. Uh, defense here, really quickly. St. Louis super chalk at twenty seven percent. If you you are you fine with them as a stock cash option, or do you have any other? Yeah, they're they're in my all my cash games on Thursday with St. Louis defense. Okay, St. Louis at San Francisco makes some sense. I'm totally fine with anybody who wants to stack up Arizona as a uh, top projected defense against Cleveland. It is on the road, but you know you know. Um, there just isn't a lot going on in terms of it's a it's been a, a, a it's getting progressively worse in, in Cleveland is what it is. This is supposed to be a top um, ground game, and I don't think they've had a single 100 yard rushing game from anyone running back. And part of that is now you know now that they're down to a three headed monster or up to a three headed monster from the two. But um, it's just a bad situation overall, and so I don't have any problem with anybody who wants to stack up Arizona. Um, Atlanta at Tampa Bay is actually one that I prefer. You get 3400 so you get $600 discount off of uh, the Arizona D at Cleveland. So I'll have a ton of shares in that spot. Arizona, um, uh, Atlanta, I'm sorry, is at home. And Jameis Winston, I believe, had eight turnovers through six contests. So that makes some sense to me there as well. Seattle against Dallas, two for 3700 uh, Matt Castle, I will have a fair share of um, Minnesota D. Uh, I'm sorry, is it Minnesota? Oh, no, Seattle D in, D in Dallas. Are you with me? I am. There's one other one um, that I want to throw in there. I do like the Atlanta play a lot, but here's something I wanted to get your opinion on. I'm using Green Bay defense a little bit here because Peyton Manning's been gift-wrapping yeah. interceptions <laughs> yeah. all year long, and I feel like people just aren't considering Green Bay as a defense that you can use here. And I agree. Like, I'm not using Denver D going up against Aaron Rodgers. Right. But I'll use Green Bay D going up against Peyton Manning. Uh, you know what? I hadn't considered that, but I should have. You know, that's a very smart play. And think about this. When's the last time this season that Denver buried somebody on the scoreboard? Like, never, yep. right? So you're – it's perfect. Yeah, it, it's it, – people still have this, the, the whole Peyton Manning offensive stigma in their head from, mm -hmm. you know, the last 16 years. And we mm -hmm. know that – we've actually know in our heads that it's bad, but we haven't been taking advantage on the other side. And now is a good time to do so with a top five um, passing defense. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay's Bay. defense hasn't been bad. Like, it's – you know, it's not like you're taking some defense that's, like, last ranked in the league and just saying, oh, well, Peyton Manning's that horrible. Like – Green Bay's a solid defense, and yes, Peyton Manning has been that horrible. Like you said before, he has more interceptions than touchdown passes right now, and most people still think of him as, oh my God, the exalted one, Peyton Manning. And as much as I love him and as much as I've loved watching him in his career, I'm worried about this week for Daly, and this week I think he's going to throw some interceptions. That's a super smart play. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I hadn't considered it, but now I'm now I'm in with you. Top seven grade and pass rush for the Green Bay Packers, and uh, fifth overall in pass coverage. So that's everything that you want against Mr. Noodle Arm. Perfect. All right, that is going to wrap it up for our football ownership percentage coverage for the first half of the DFS podcast. We are going to flip over now to the Saturday NBA slate. But before we do that, I want to let you know that if you are staring at your weekly fantasy opponent and thinking to yourself, I would love to challenge just one of his players, but not his entire team, but your fantasy sports service doesn't allow you to, well, now you can with the all-new No Halftime app. The No Halftime app allows you to create individual challenges using players or teams. For example, you can pit ODB versus Megatron, LeBron versus Mello, or Trout versus A-Rod. Creating a challenge takes seconds, and accepting challenges is even easier. No Halftime challenges can be private or public and created for the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college football, college basketball, and other sports. Join today and get started. Real money and fantasy supremacy awaits you. Visit NoHalftime.com for more information and download the No Halftime app for your iPhone and Android device. Receive a bonus by entering the promo code ROTOWIRE at sign up. No Halftime with a fantasy sports season never takes a break. All right, Benny, time to get the ball bouncing here on the NBA side for the Saturday slate. We'll go ahead and kick it off at the point guard position. We're talking... Um, 
how many games do we have here on the Saturday? Do you know offhand? Yeah, there's only six of them. You got Nixon, Washington, Utah, Indiana, uh, Golden State, New Orleans, Brooklyn and Memphis, Phoenix and Portland, and Sacramento and the Clippers. Okay, let's, you know what, we'll, how about we do this for, we'll just do our own, um, show rearranging right on the show how about uh, every day that we do nba i'll throw it to you and then we can you can read off the matchups along with totals because we we feel like the totals are super important uh, you agree with me here sure hold on one second here let me call up the totals and i'll give you those two while i'm at it all righty well you know what you know, actually it's, it's, it's on the, the it's on the b-ball monster page too you, you're right like right underneath the date the column um they, they have the totals and the favorite they um, normally do, but because these are the Saturday games, oh, I don't think they right. have them up oh, yet. You know I'm, I'm, at, I'm actually looking. I'm looking Hold on at, one second. Let me look somewhere else. Here oh, that's right. Yeah, did you, you just have the the schedule up. I was looking at Friday. My my apologies. So you're going to go yeah. Vegas Insider then? Is that yeah, I'm, I'm looking to see. I don't know if they're going to have them up. Yeah, they don't have them up again. Uh, they don't have them up yet either, to be oh, honest. Oh, man. All right, so we would love to provide totals, but we're not going to. All yeah, right. not today. All right, so we'll we'll work on that going forward. See if we can um, dig up some extra stuff. It's a, it's very hard for a lot of these sportsbook lines to put out um, information that far ahead when it's you know before noon here West Coast time, uh, you know because a lot of that stuff gets factored in by guys who could potentially get injured on Friday. So mm-hmm. something else we need to consider. All right, so we'll reserve that and we'll kick it right off into the, the point guard position here, Benny. Uh, your top options for cash and GPP. Okay. Um... I think that Chris Paul is probably going to be my top option. And there's basically four guys who are going to be really close together based on price. It's going to be Paul, uh, Lilliard, uh, John Wall, and Steph Curry. So those are the four guys that you're going to have to decide from, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the Saturday slate. I, I actually love Steph Curry because New Orleans has basically been a turnstile for point guards so far in the yes. early going this year. Mm-hmm. The only problem I have there is I expect Golden State to blow them out, kind of like they did the other day. Yep. Um, so I don't know how much Curry you're going to get. I mean, remember, that's the game that Curry dropped, what, like 41 or something like that? Sure. Um, so you got to think that he's in line for it, but I just don't think that that game is going to be close enough. I do think that the Clippers-Sacramento game will stay closer, though. And I do like, you know, basically Chris Paul going up against, uh, you know, Rondo and Collison. <laughs> Chris Paul is a guy to me that I only use when they're in close games because when they're not in close games, he's very content. Like I said the other day, and it actually worked out well last night if you listen to me. To get um, rested, yeah. Yeah, he's a guy that kind of not even so much gets rested, but he, he's the typical point guard. So when you need him, he steps up. When you don't need him, like in a game the other night where they're winning by a bunch of points, he tries to make sure everybody else gets the ball and gets theirs and gets their points. So that when that game comes where they do need him, he can be a little more selfish and put up a little bit better numbers. And other guys aren't, I don't want to say pissed off, but like they're content to let him do it because in the games where they are winning, he makes sure that all those guys get there. So he'll have a game where they win by 20 that he'll have like eight points and like 12 or 13 assists because he just doesn't look to do anything. Not, not that he's not trying, but he's rather let his, you know, the other guys on his team get involved. But when they're in a close game and his team really needs them, that's when he really steps up and throws up like a 24-point, 15-assist performance. And I think that this Sacramento game is going to stay a little bit closer. And it's going to be high scoring. It's going to be high pace. So I think that this is one of those games where you can look for Chris Paul. All right, fair enough. I, uh, the, the way I'm sort of shaking this, this out here is um, 
you have a decision to make right now and right away at the point guard position because if you're going with Curry and it's a six game slate then you've sort of you know you put yourself into value town bargain territory right off the bat here so how mm-hmm. do you how do you approach this do you like to build like we, I guess we need to talk about roster construction a little bit here what, what what's your, your your personal take on it do you want to build around like you know from point guard first like a lot of people do just in order or do you take a look at who your top expenses of option is go and then sort of reverse engineer it that way. Well, what I like to do is find a game that I think is going to have the highest total. And that's the game that I want to start building with my studs from. So to me, you really have two games that you can look at here. Um, Washington is a very good defensive team. So the Washington, New York Knicks game could be lower scoring. Utah was one of the best defensive teams. So the Utah Indiana game, I think will be a little bit lower scoring. The Golden State game, I think, will be higher scoring, but I think there's a chance of a blowout there, which kind of pulls me back off of some of those Golden State guys. Uh, Brooklyn and Memphis, probably another low-scoring game there. So you're basically left with Phoenix and Portland, both high-paced teams that give up and score a lot of points, and Sacramento and the Clippers, again, two two higher-paced teams that score and give up a decent amount of points. So to me, I'm looking at the Phoenix-Portland and Sacramento-LA Clippers game, which is why I said the two guys who I'm really looking at are Chris Paul and Damian Lillard. If you can get Lillard at a big discount to Chris Paul, he probably makes some sense as well. But I do think that if the two of them are close enough in price, I would rather have Paul than uh, than Lillard in that game. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, to me, I, I'm, I think if I'm ever going to get discounts applied to me um, from at the point guard position, uh, and I, let me see if I can make sure I have this done correctly. Ah, uh, point guard, Damian Lillard. I want to look at prices. Um, yeah, here we go. Damian Lillard at ninety three hundred. Okay, and then is Chris Paul not on the the Friday slate, but he is on the Saturday slate? Is that what it is? It looks like that's the case. So I'm gonna make extra work for myself. It's basically mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Okay, do you go to, to Chris Paul? We have to look at the Thursday price. Do you happen to have that off of offhand? I don't off the top of my okay, head. Okay, I'm, to be I'm with digging you. it up. Just one moment. You go to the Thursday, the 29th, and we press update, and we're looking at point guards. Bump, bump, bump. Okay, 9600. So you get a little bit of a discount, not a great, great discount. So in that mm-hmm. in that spot, I think I I go with who I think um, you like better. Now we, we talked about. I I think we talked about this on Twitter a little bit. They um, Phoenix is not off to a great start defending the guards. To, to to start the season, and they're not also a great start defending anybody. Yeah, so I and you know we know that the the usage percentage on Damian Lillard is going to be quite high. So uh, you're definitely going to get the boost and assist and the, and better all around play. I think from Chris Paul, but I'm going to take the discount and I'm going to take the plus matchup that I feel fairly good about with uh with Damian Lillard, and um I'll approach it that way. Am I? You know what? They're 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 playing Phoenix on Friday. I'm I'm getting messed up here. Um. Damian Lillard, are they playing Phoenix on Saturday oh, Portland, as well? Yeah, Portland and Phoenix play on Saturday, yeah. Okay. I don't know if they play on Friday too, to be honest. I I'm think they the do Saturday play on Friday. Right I, is I, it back? Yeah, you know what? You're right. It is. It's back-to-back they okay. play. All right, so then, there you go. I was I got bailed out by um, looking at the wrong thing. Perfect. Okay, so um, Reggie Jackson, let's talk about him for 7500 and I think um, he's in a very good spot overall. Right, now you're looking at Friday. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me just move this all the way to the side. All right. Because guess what? We can't play Reggie Jackson. Am I on the right date? Yes, I am. 
Halloween, 31st. 31st. Yes. There's no Reggie Jackson here. You know what there is? There's CJ McCollum. And we had this yes. uh, um, comment on Twitter once again. To, to me, um, too cheap for me to fade, personally. Uh, you, and here's the other thing. We don't have to necessarily use him in the point guard slot. You can just use him as a, as a, as a regular guard. Uh, if on on DraftKings, am, am I correct? Or, or we can, yeah, we can slot him in shooting guard. Oh no, we can, yeah, we could just slot him in the guard slot. So I'm gonna probably do both. I'm gonna try to go with Damian Lillard and McCollum. Do you have any problem playing both guards in your lineups? Um, and then if you yes, so if yes, where does it make sense, cash or GPP? Um, I don't have a problem playing them both. I would probably rather do it at a GPP. In a GPP, I have no problem stacking up a whole bunch of guys in one game. Mm-hmm. If you get, especially for basketball, if you get an overtime game and you got four or five guys exposure in that one game, uh, a lot of times you find yourself up towards the top of a uh, a GPP in that situation because you usually wind up with a you know game that's a little bit higher scoring because they're playing a few more minutes. And in those games, you usually get the starters or the studs who are the guys that you know, wind up with the outsized stats because they're the guys that are, you know, again, like you said, with the usage rate with Lillard, those are the guys that have the ball in their hand the most. So those are the guys that wind up with most of the uh, fantasy points. All right, fair enough. So I'm going to have a similar put. I don't have to have them both in, in my lineup, but um, th- these are the guys who are going to make hay all season long. I'm not, I really don't want to, you know, look too much further into like Myers Leonard or or mm-hmm. Alfaruq Aminu and Portland. If I'm playing Portland guys and I think the matchup is good, and I do believe so with Phoenix, those are the guys that I want. Yeah, it's always the guards for Phoenix. Right. I mean, uh, for Portland for me. All right, and anybody else that you um, want to potentially consider for Thursday? Uh, I'm sorry, for, for Saturday in terms of uh, cheapies at the guard position? Or are you boxing yourself in, the, in, the, in this? Point? I mean, I, I am going to be looking towards some of the higher-end guys. This is a position that I, I think I'm going to be spending up on on Saturday. The one guy who's kind of cheap that I am kind of eyeing a little bit is uh, Ish Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, basically because they just cut Nate Robinson yesterday. Right. Mm-hmm. So you got to think that Smith is in line for some pretty decent minutes. And if he's like dirt, dirt cheap, I think he's somebody who you can consider as like a salary-saving guy. Because he, he is playing a decent amount of minutes per game for, you know, basically a guy who's probably like under 5K on both sides. Yeah, um, that makes a bunch of sense uh, for me overall. I I am a little bit concerned about um, how much they're going to use uh, Drew Holiday, but if if it's going to be like a every other day rest thing, then I'm playing it. I'll I'll love Ishmet. So I think I have to have enough shares of him just in case he gets sat or you know gets uh, more rest than the twenty twenty one minutes that Drew Holiday got got in the beginning because the whole timeshare deal is going to just sort of ruin it for both you still have some some opportunity with their smith but uh, i have i have concerns is, is basically what i'm saying uh shooting guard let's go ahead and move along to the saturday slate here what do you like for cash and gpp i gotta be honest it's kind of ugly for me at the it shooting is. guard position it's gross um there's only one guy who i would consider paying up for it and that's eric bledsoe uh portland does play at a very high pace we know that well, actually, McCollum, I don't really know all that well, his defensive prowess. It hasn't been that many games. We know that uh, Damian Lillard doesn't really like to play a lot of defense. So, you know, they play at a fast pace. Portland is one of the top pace teams. We actually talked about this the other day when we talked about DVP. It's not a horrible idea to start players against them. Um, I do think Bledsoe could have a good game here, but I just don't know if I want to pay up that price for him. 
And I think if I'm going to do anything in this game, it's going to be something along the lines of uh, like maybe going down to an Eric Gordon, who I think will see a little bit more time at the point. Uh, his time at the two is pretty solidified. His shots are solidified as long as Tyreek Evans stays out. Um, New Orleans just looks horrible, though. That's uh, Watching them play is, is just kind of ugly lately, but Gordon's still pretty cheap. So if he's going to stay that cheap, I think he's a decent – option to make value for cash and for tournaments, uh, somebody who you could save some money on. One guy I wanted to get your opinion on, um, he had a really good opening game where he played 35 minutes. The second game of the season, he actually came off the bench. We had a couple people on Twitter because we talked about him on the pod asking us if we were still using him or not, and that's C.J. Miles. He mm-hmm. did play only about 24 or 25 minutes, but he still wound up with about 20 points again. And again, if this guy is cheap, I mean, he was like thirty six or thirty seven hundred on DraftKings yeah. the other day. Uh-huh. At that price, twenty points is fine. That's exactly what you need out of him. Yeah. So if he's going to do something like that, I'm still okay rolling him out there. How do you feel? Uh, he's a gamble, GPP only for sure. And my answer to that is, on slates like this with six games, sometimes you have to, but I try not to unless I have to. All right. So like, uh, what? Because the what you get with CJ Miles is we get the one trick pony, you know, he's a bomber. He likes to shoot the threes. He doesn't rebound or score. I'm sorry. He doesn't rebound or, or assist or much else. He will come up with some steals here and there. I just, we just don't see enough uh, out of him is basically what it comes down uh, uh, for, for me personally. So yes and no. I basically, if I could see myself rostering CJ miles in a GPP, if I loved all the other options, like I'm in big at point guard and I, and I also love the power forward play that I, that I'm making and it's super expensive, you know, or maybe today is not the, the best example, but for some reason I just felt like I had to pay up for, for market soul, for example, and I'm, you know, paying top dollar, uh, at point guard as well. So that's a situation that I, that I sort of feel like we're, we're in, in this spot. I, I'm going to try to avoid CJ miles. And he, if I do use him, he'll be GPP only. So, but he can, he can, he can meet value, but the now that it's a different situation from, from last year now with you know Paul George back and and uh George Hill healthy to start the season so less excited than I was last last season if that answers your question yep okay so are we are have we covered everybody you want to discuss at the shooting guard position yeah i mean if you got somebody else i'm open to it cuz this is a tough position to roster for me today you know and i i really don't see anything that's like jumping out at the page that i love to be honest with you yeah, you know, I mean, Langston Galloway, if he got more minutes, to me, I, personally, I think that I wouldn't mind if he, I think he should start over, you know, Vujicic. Uh, yeah, Vujicic first, but, you know, be, until he actually gets to that point, then it's really, you really are like dice rolling in, in that yeah, spot. He, so. was, he was good last year. He played pretty, pretty well for the Knicks when they uh, really didn't have anybody else. I was surprised that they didn't give him more of a look this year and, and went out and got Vujicic, who to me is just a role player. Like he's never been, he's not, he's not a guy that I'm saying, wow, that guy should be a starter on an NBA team right now. Yeah. Um, I, I feel the exact, exact same way. We've, we've, this is, you know, we've, I don't know, two out of three shows that we've hated on him. So yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> it's just, isn't he married? He's married to like a, like a pop star or something, isn't he? Uh, I forget. Or I thought a tennis it, star. So I, I, I think he has I, a hot wife. I forget. I, forget um, I think he like was engaged. He was engaged to Sharapova and she dropped him. So I think she wised oh. up. Yeah, so he's having a real bad couple <laughs> months. 
yeah, it's worse that he has to play for the Knicks and put up these crappy lines. So, yeah. All right. Um, we're moving on to small forward. Um, we've got Carmelo in the mix. We've got Paul George in the mix. Um, am I referencing the right day? Yeah, you, you got the same two guys that I actually have at the top of my list right now. Okay. Um, um, we've got Rudy Gay here in the mix as well. Um, how do you see this shaping up for Cash and GPP? I mean, to me, I think the one guy who I like more than everybody else is Rudy Gay. Uh-huh. And it mostly has to do with the fact that last year they play the Clippers. And last year um, the Clippers were really bad as wing defenders. You know, you could use guys who played the wing against the Clippers, and they were usually able to put up some pretty good points. I know they don't have exactly the same personnel this year. They got, you know, they brought in some new guys. But to me, uh, you know, I I mean, Melo is very expensive. You know he's going to get his points. You know he's going to jack up his shots. You know, he's just, he to me, he's just, he's not a guy I want to play. Washington is a good defensive team. It should be a lower scoring game. Yes, Melo will probably have the predominant amount of those points, mm-hmm. but it's not a situation that I really want to attack. Right. Um, I do like Paul George as well because he can basically fill up a stat sheet so he's not points dependent. Right. But again, Utah, as we talked about, is, is one of the toughest matchups. And Paul George is playing basically the four. You know, he can rebound against small fours. I don't know how he's going to rebound against guys like Gobert and, and Favors inside. I think Indy's going to have to go bigger in that game than they normally do to kind of match them. And I don't think that's really going to, you know, make it a very easy game for Paul George. So, like I said, of the top guys that are up there, I think Rudy Gay is probably my favorite, but I don't really love him. And those are the three guys that I think most people are going to be looking at, Carmelo, Gay, and George. And I think I'll take the discount with Gay, who's the cheapest of the three. All right, that makes sense for me. And you are right about the Clippers and their defense at the small forward position last year. The problem is is that it's just a completely different cast of characters now. They have Josh Smith mm-hmm. in the mix. They got Lance Stevenson starting. So, um, And the, the, the other issue that you have is like it's very tough to sort out in terms of DVP like how well they did. I mean, if you want to give Josh Smith credit at the small forward position, Houston Rockets were also in the bottom six in fancy points allowed to small forwards there uh, as well. But then if you factor in Lance Stevenson, who really you really shouldn't give him too much credit because there was more MKG than anybody else, uh, mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm correct, at the small forward. And MKG is a lockdown defender. Um, Charlotte Hornets were in the top four in, you know, def- defensively or allowed the fourth fewest fancy points to the small forward position. So it's a mixed bag. Um, overall, but Rudy Gay is a is a, a quality or a high grade enough player for me to not sweat the DVP too much, especially when we need more sample um, with the roster turnover for the Clippers. So that's my long winded way of saying that I'm with you. Um, now sliding down here into the second tier, um, there's some guys who are starters. There's guys who are a little bit interesting. But um, I, you don't necessarily know if, if you're ready to roster them just yet. Um, let me just give me like a you know th- uh, thumbs up or thumbs down. Start with um, Otto Porter Jr. I, I'm not messing with Otto Porter Jr. yet. It's He's, the, he has a lot more to prove to me, so I'll give him a thumbs down for that. It's, it's, it's the Knicks. The, the Knicks won 125 to 97. Oh, God, <laughs> you were going to really bring that up. Hey, but again, I mean, you know, part of the reason why I don't like this game is that I think it's going to be low scoring. So in a low, if I'm going to take a flyer in, at, at any position for any team, 
again, just like we look for the studs in the higher scoring game, I also would rather take my flyers in a higher scoring game sure. because there's just a chance that those guys are going to get. And again, with a guy who's like close to min price, mm-hmm. you know, one or two extra buckets, one or two extra assists, that could be the difference between him getting to 20 points or being at 16 points and being five times value versus three or four times value and, you know, helping you win a tournament. I mean, that's, that's how close it is with a guy, a guy at 3,000, you know, four times value is 12 fantasy points. Five times value is only 15. So one extra three pointer, two extra layups in transition. That's the difference between that guy making value or not making value. So when you're looking at the higher scoring games, that's usually the place where you want to look for, you know, your punt options because you figure that, you know, if the game's going to have an extra 40 or 45 points, right. it's going to be an easier situation for that guy to get that extra two or three he would need. 100% agree with you, all right? I'm with you. Everything you made makes perfect sense to me. I'm just going to throw this out, okay? All right? 88 to 87, so you got your low score. You got real low score, and this is the Wednesday Magic-Washington um, game, okay? Otto Porter Jr. came in Wednesday priced at 4600 on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Seven points, eight rebounds, five assists, two steals mm-hmm. in 36 minutes. The There's your price, and he's paying off the tag. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just saying, you you don't have to I'm, – I'm not telling you go, you know, roster him in 100% of your lineups. I'm saying if you need a cheap option, it's it's not bad. He's getting the minutes. Um, there's no more, um, you know, threat to who's going to be potentially behind him or, you know, grabbing uh, grabbing minutes in the, in the spot small forward. It's all all Porter all the time. Mm. And um, he's a Swiss Army. I think he's actually a better scoring version of Al Farouk Amino. So, you, you know, in under 5K – you could definitely do worse in your in your GPPs. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Um, anybody else that we need to consider at small four before we move on to the power spot? I mean, Rodney Hood is like yes. 3,900 on DraftKings. He's a little bit interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I I actually really like Omri Caspi, but he's not getting enough minutes for me to to use him yet. Right. But if there's ever an injury or something happens mm-hmm. where he gets a few more minutes, yeah. he was killing it in the preseason. He was playing really really well. He was killing it at, uh, at the end of last season when yeah had- when he got when he, when he got time. That's what I'm saying. If he gets, I don't want to use him now. So let me say that everybody understand. I'm not saying put this guy in your roster for Saturday, but just keep an eye on him because right. if he does get more minutes, I think he has. More upside than he gets credit for. Yeah. Um, same thing with Jeff Green. He's not getting the minutes that he got last year. He's still playing like 20, 25 minutes, and he's coming off the bench now. I can't use guys like that. To me, it's just, you know, Hood is at least getting time. Porter is at least getting minutes. If you're going to take a flyer on somebody, go with those guys because at least they're getting the minutes and you, you have the chance for the upside. Yeah. Um, yeah. If uh, like if you're just like pro-rating Army Caspi out for 36 minutes, you'd be very happy with what you got, especially at a like near minimum price. Um, so it's definitely minutes dependent and role dependent. Um, but you know, he's doing a decent amount of damage off the bench, which you, and you could sort of just sort of fast forward that into it in a good role. If he, if he got 30 plus minutes. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, it's really ugly and I don't feel confident about enough to, to even ask you for any more plays at the small forward position. So we'll just move on to uh, power forward here. Let's take a look at uh, what you got top options on the board. Um, what do you like for cash and GPP? Okay. Now, there's a lot of expensive options here. Anthony yes. Davis, Blake Griffin, mm-hmm. uh, Zebo. You got Derek Favors, Draymond Green. Noah Vaughn. The guy, yeah, the guy who stands out to me as a guy who I played already 
this season and who I'm going to keep rolling with until his price gets a little bit higher is Mr. Kim Kardashian, Chris Humphrey. <laughs> oh, you talking about Humpyard Dog? I am talking about him because Nene is basically somebody at this point who can't even play half a game. Right. And Humphrey's still priced like he's the scrub at the end of the bench. He's like $4,000 over on DraftKings. And this is a guy who can get you, you know, a double-double. And if he gets you a double-double, that's about 25 DraftKings points for $4,000. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And um, I think that this is a pretty good spot for him. And I wouldn't be shy to roll him out there unless his price really, really jumps. But right now, at $4,000, I think that he is either my power forward, one of my two power forwards on Fandle, and he's either the guy on my power forward or my forward spot on DraftKings. All right. Uh, you know what? You know what? If you use Chris Humphreys, you probably need to do the Nene because he took his job. And, um, you know, so, yeah, watch him whip. Watch him That's Nene. It. There you go. I, I like it. I'm with there. And it's a very super uh, cheap value. The only thing that I uh, like about um, – Mr. I took Nene's job is that they still do the same stupid thing that they always do, which is like put him in the starting lineup, but not give him 30 minutes, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I don't get it personally. It was like, they were like, they just feel the need to throw Drew Gooden and, and Nene yeah, enough bones to just, yeah. why, why just but play the what? guy. He's, he's a great 30 minute player and he doesn't, yeah. and he doesn't need the ball. Everything he gets is like clean up, you know, 10 foot yep, jumper. Rebound, exactly. Yeah. Rebound, finish off when you're the guy standing under the basket and your man goes to help. Like yeah. he, he, he's the kind of guy that you like on a team mm-hmm. because like you said, he doesn't need the ball. Right. He's willing to play defense. He's willing to rebound. But even at like 26, 28 minutes, the guy's only 4K, and he's still putting up close to 20 fantasy points or more a game. So, you know, like you got to save somewhere. So you're going to have to find some cheap options if you want to fit in some of these studs. And he's a guy that is not only a cheap option, but has a safe floor and a higher ceiling than a lot of the other players you're going to be taking a flyer on at $3,000. And that's why I really like him because, again, if he has that double-double for you, he's going to get you 25 to 30 fantasy points over on DraftKings, you know, close to 20 to 25 over on FanDuel. And for a guy that you're paying close to minimum salary for, you know, not only does he get you value, have a chance for upside, but he saves you enough money where you can go get the Steph Curry or you can go get the, you know, the Marcus Cousins or whoever the stud that you want to put in there is. You're not going to be able to fit that guy if you don't find one or two guys who you can stomach using at that 4000 or 3500 uh, you know, kind of price tag. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. And I'm just sort of taking a look at um, Derek Favors as a potential option there um, uh, in Utah as well. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to just make sure I understand the uh, Indiana matchup because I think I'm going to love it when I when I double check the depth chart here. Um, yeah, uh, see, well, if it's Paul George, this is a problem for Paul George. Because he's just way too undersized to, to really, I think, hold his own in the post against Derek Favors. I, th- I think of the, what they'll be smart enough to do is shift George to the three, get uh, like Mahimi and Hill on the court, and let Hill body up um, uh, Derek Favors. Because you can't match yeah. match up with that front line with Paul George at the four. I know they want to play small ball. That's this is not the time to do it. When you know, I know it's a matchup. It's a it's a bad matchup on the other end 
too, but I mm-hmm. think they're just going to get brutalized inside against one of the best defensive teams in in, in the league. So you're going to have to try to match size with size. Uh, even yeah, if, at the at the very least, they're going to get out rebounded big time if they don't. Right, for sure, because those are two high quality rebounders mm-hmm. and maybe the best defensive center in at least the Western Conference, I guess. Well, it, yeah, he is. I think. I think. It's, don't even don't even say Dwight Howard right now. No, I, I, I will. St- I will literally turn this podcast off. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop it. No, I was actually going to think about DeAndre Jordan, but uh, DeAndre Jordan okay. is the most no. He like for fantasy purposes, he's the most overrated defender. Yeah, in, he basically just tries to go weak side and block shots. Yeah. So like he looks good when you're looking at his fantasy right. numbers, but in real life, he's I, well, he I looks take good on TV. He looks, yeah, that's it. But he doesn't look yeah. good if you actually look at the defensive fantasy numbers. People, no. his centers destroy him um, yeah. in terms of like fantasy production overall. He's always in the bottom five. So. Yeah, I'll take Gobert in a second. And that actually is some really good foreshadowing for my number one center and number one play on the All day right. as well. Bring it. But well, we didn't get there yet. Are we moving to centers right now? Well, I mean, we were we just went to Humpyard Dog, and I, we, I mean, I don't know how else we really want to talk about in terms of we're not going all the way down to Nene. We can't use Noah Vonla. Uh, we're down. I think Humphreys was like the bottom of what we can sort of get away with on Saturday for point for okay. power forwards. Are you are you good there? Yeah, I'm good. So let's go on to the important thing. Okay. My number one play on the day to build on what you just said about DeAndre Jordan getting uh you know, basically abused by centers. Right. The guy who I am going to pay up for and start building my rosters around here, uh, unless he picks up three technical fouls tonight and gets suspended for this game, which is which is definitely likely, is uh, the Marcus Cousins. Because I just think that he is far and away mm-hmm. the best center on the slate. I don't mind paying up for him. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. And whenever there's a high-scoring game with Sacramento involved, you know that he's usually one of the guys that had a big game in order to keep it close. Yeah, you know, you know what too? The Clippers and the Kings also hate each other. They, they hate the Kings hate the Clippers, by the way. And I don't, I don't know how you quantify that in terms of DFS, but um, like Demarcus, Demarcus Cousins just wants to mark them. So um, take that, and I'm I'm fine with whatever price tag you're you're paying. And this is sort of why I was alluding to her earlier in the show is. If you you build your roster in order and you're like, okay, I got my point guard, you sort of you. I don't think you can go all the way down the line and be like, okay, let me go shooting guard, small forward, power forward here. And then like, oh shoot, I want to use Demarcus Cousins and you know and still sort of try to make your lineup work. I think you have to go anchors first and then sort of um, anchors must plays and then sort of figure out how much value plays that you how many value plays that you can get away with in terms of filling out the rest of the roster. So for me, I would have mm-hmm. anchored Cousins at center and then I would have taken a look at my point guard position uh for for Saturday and then I said, "Okay, um let's see here. It looks to me like um you know, maybe Chris Paul is the best potential play or Damian Lillard is my best potential play. Then I start build, building inward from that. Do you do you agree with me with what I'm talking about here? Yes, but I, I also want to add, to me, I don't think that the anchor play has to be the most expensive plays either. No, it doesn't. Like, yeah, if there's, you're right yeah, about if that. There's, yes. If there's, like, an obvious... Like Nico Meritich on, on Tuesday was... Yeah, like, if there's... Or, or CJ, CJ McCollum, the first game. Like, if there's right. an obvious cheap play that 
you loved for value. Mm-hmm. I think that works as well as an anchor play. Right. The, the anchor play doesn't have to be else. right. Yeah. We we should just need to further explain it. When we're it's, it feels like we're, whenever we say anchor play, it has to be two expensive guys that, or one or two expensive guys that you're using. You're totally right. You're it's just who you're like you know similar to how ESPN describes it. Who are your building blocks? Okay. Yes. You, those are your building blocks, and then you you start outward from there and that could be at any position a lot most a lot of oftentimes it's going to be you know the the top 10 players in the game so it'll be you know demarcus cousins at center you know the steph curry at point guard russell westbrook chris paul and then you know you know potentially kevin durant small forward so you'll see some of those similar positions a lot of times it's not shooting guard and um i mean unless we're talking anthony davis to me i don't think i'll have uh a lot of you know, total anchor plays with some of the top options in this spot. Nico Meritich is is a pure exception to me until they we see the price correction. So I, I'm glad you clarified that because I don't want people to make it to make it sound like you got to pick your two most expensive guys first and then go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So thanks for clarifying that because yeah, but no, I mean that's I, I basically agree with everything that you said though. I mean what I what I like to do is you know if there's a guy like like a cousins to me who's like a you know almost a must play on this slate mm-hmm. he goes in first if there are any of those you know obvious value guys like McCollum was the other night you know they go in there and then i look and i see okay where are the the spots that i have open am i am i missing a shooting guard am i missing a small forward do i need a utility player um you know if you're on FanDuel do i need a second small forward or a second shooting guard and then at that point what i try to do is put together some combinations of guys like, all right, if I pay up for Steph as my, as my other point guard or as my, you know, G, you know, the spot with the G on, uh, you know, on DraftKings, that leaves me this much money. So I could put Steph in that spot and who else in this spot? Or if I went down to Lillard, who would I be able to get, you know, instead of that other guy that I had with Steph there. And that's usually how I wind up making a rosters is I put the obvious guys that I want in there. And then I see what kind of money I have left. And then I try to make the best combinations of two or three guys that, you know, are are in the spots that are missing that I can make with the money that I have. And a lot of times that's a lot different for a cash game and a GPP. For a tournament, sometimes you might want to look at, you know, like I said before, maybe you want to have a lot of exposure to one or two games. So you might want to look at two or three guys who may not be the optimal play for those prices together, but are guys that make more sense to use if you're using, like, you know, if you have, like, Chris Paul and DeMarcus Cousins, who are both in that same game, maybe for a tournament you want to throw two or three other guys in that game in there, hoping that, you know, the score goes crazy and it's 125 to 120 or that the game goes into overtime or triple overtime or something like that. Because when that stuff does happen, you'll notice that, the rosters that tend to win tend to be the ones that had, you know, five or six guys from that big game. Whereas in cash, I would rather just try to find the guys who I think have the safest floor. You know, like a guy like uh, Damari Carroll is a great cash game play. He gets you 25 points every game. Right. But sometimes you want 35 or 40 for a tournament, and Damari Carroll is going to get you 25. Yeah. But if you want 20, you're still going to get 25 at him. So, like, there are guys like that who I'd rather use in cash, you know, regardless of the matchup or the game. Whereas, you know, in a tournament, you, you might want to do some things a little different to give yourselves a little more upside. But the core group that you start with and you put in there 
is usually going to be the same no matter what kind of lineup that you're making. I absolutely 1,000% agree with you as well. All right, and that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Don't forget you can check out the uh, Rotowire DFS podcast on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience. Be sure to give us a rating review. Don't forget to subscribe. You can check Benny uh, on Twitter at BennyR11 and also me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week.